Easter is a time for resurrection and rising up and eggs. But Albion did anything but across their double Easter weekend and looked completely beaten by the end of it. We'll be discussing the dreadful bank holiday weekend, the reaction to the club accounts, and we'll be answering all of your questions on this week's Baggies broadcast. Hello, I'm Johnny Drury and welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast. As always, I'm joined by ENS's West Brom correspondent, Lewis Cox. Coxie, how's things? Are you still as wound up as I am after what's happened over the last five or six days? Well, uh, t- to be honest, Johnny, quite bowled over from your intro there. I'm, I'm still trying to get myself off the floor after listening to that. You know, as as many Easter puns as you can cram into a, a single sentence attempt. Sensational work. Uh, so no, it's been a while on the puns. I, I've, I've left the puns out of the videos for quite a while. I just basically can't, couldn't be bothered. I ran out of puns, but I, I felt know you were off yesterday, rejuvenated. Johnny. And um, it, you know, it, as opposed to playing golf on your day off as usual, you've you've sat there and thought of <laughs> Easter, Easter play on words. So good work. Um, yeah, annoyed. We, we were speaking just then uh, off off air, weren't we? Um, just touching on the 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 games that were played over the weekend and even just mentioning them sort of upped, upped the uh, up the boil in my blood. So the fact we're going to get into it now is is a, a bit of a concern. Need a need a midweek pick me up rather than uh, <laughs> rather than uh, reliving that, you know, those two games are oh, dearing me. But uh, I suppose we must go on. Hopefully everyone's feeling a bit more upbeat. Um, Obviously, we've got an away game on the horizon. Two away games on the horizon, haven't we? Which we'll we'll get into a back-to-back Saturday, Tuesday. Um, they haven't been much fun of late, have they? Away, but uh, fingers crossed, they eh? and uh, yeah, ready to go, mate. Yeah, well, um, as we said, we'll look back on what has been a, a truly damaging, denting, disappointing, dismal weekend of football. Um, we're going to go over the club accounts as well, because since we last sat down for a baggies broadcast. And sort of debated when the club accounts might come out. They have indeed come out on uh, on Wednesday or Thursday last week. So we'll be looking over them and just discussing a little bit of reaction to that. We're going to go through quite a lot of your questions. We've got some belters this week. We've also, as I said on last week's episode, we've got a few left over from recent weeks. So I'm just going to go back and touch on them. But first, we've got Alternative Albion, the section where we put something in the room 101. And we have a bit of a rant about something that's gone on over the last week. Um surrounding the Albion games really now I'm sure fans are listening to this thinking he's just going to talk about the performances how it looked like maybe some of the players had sort of given up somewhat um, or weren't sort of 100% at it no I'm coming for people of a certain opinion now fans would have seen well they might have seen we've had I've certainly been inundated with with questions and statements from fans basically saying that West Brom players are deliberately trying to not get in the playoffs and get promoted because they fear that they're going to be out of the door next season if West Brom are a Premier League football club. Now, this is epitomised by a comment we had on our reaction video um, on YouTube. Uh, Me and Cox did 13 minutes of reaction from the game on Monday. Um, Now, I'm just going to sort of paraphrase, paraphrase here. Um, someone said they're deliberately being poor, so they fail to make the playoffs. Hence, no Prem windfall, no Sky windfall, no new players. Hence, they have to remain at the club. Um, he said they are not stupid. I firmly believe they are playing rubbish. But he did say another word on that. Um, hope that to hope that they get Corbran sacked, which is quite strange. Um, and then he's mentioned three players that haven't played for. Well, Bartley played a little bit at 
at Rotherham, but the two others have hardly played. Um, and this is a theme that I've seen Albion fans saying, oh, players are deliberately trying to avoid the playoffs so they can keep going next season. Like As much as I respect everyone's opinion, and I'm not a football expert, you know, we, we sit here and talk about football, we get paid to talk about football, we're not experts, but that's complete and utter nonsense. Albion have got every single player, but bar about four under contract next season. So regardless of whether West Brom go up or stay down, these players are going to still get paid. They're still going to have a club. They're still going to have a contract. They're not trying to avoid to avoid going up. If they go up and Albion maybe wanted to move them on, then they'd have to find the moves where they probably get paid a similar amount of money or they'd have to give them pay-ups. Or, and that, but that's not going to happen in the current financial situation. Plus, I'm almost certain, having listened to players who get promoted, get relegated, when Albion players came down last season, they would have had a drop in wages because that's how it works in contracts. All these players will have promotion bonuses written into their contract. Maybe not bonuses, but wage increases. If they haven't, I'd be extremely surprised. So there's no good reason for these players to deliberately fail in the playoffs. We can talk about them bottling it failing to handle the pressure, not looking up for it, not being up for it as much as other players. But to say that they're deliberately rowing the towel in, and I've seen this comment so much, so I wanted to address it, is absolute nonsense. I'm going to take a breath now, Coxie, and you can have your say on it because it's 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 wound me up a little bit. It's just sheer, just, it's nonsense. Yeah, I mean, uh, a take on that might be, well, you know, a chunk of this squad have, one promotion with Albion before to the Premier League. And, you know, many things have changed since then. Management, you know, leadership, the club, and, yeah, it didn't go well. And, you know, those might say that, well, the players aren't, aren't interested or, or passionate enough into, into a repeat of that. And I don't, I don't buy that, but I've seen that argument, argument made. Look, wh- whether you are, whether you whether players think they'll be at Albion next season or not, regardless of the division, there is there is no way that a promotion on the CV at any club from any division to any division is not a good thing for players. But if, if they're released in the summer and they need a new club, that's a bargaining chip. You know, I was, I was part of a squad that won promotion last season. Regardless of how much you played, you're part of a squad, used off the bench, you know, used cameo roles, whatever, injury cover, you're part of a, a successful squad. It's it's for players. It's a massive thing to have on a CV. To be honest, um, I take the point about uh, as I mentioned those that have been there before and it's not worked and they've been proven not good enough to play in the Premier League two or three years ago. So how are they going to be good enough next season? All of that, I I take it. But no, look, in in players' selfish self interests, Johnny, they want to get promoted, even if it's not for Albion interest, for their you know for yeah. selfish interests, they they will want to go up because. You know, in 20, 30 years when they're long done, you know, and they, they, might, they might look back and it might have been an only promotion or, you know, one of only two promotions. And like, even, even if they played bit part roles, they'd still have had a, a big old party. And, you yeah. know, in most of their cases, I'd imagine a little pay bump for, for going up. So, you know, who would want to to turn that those those things down? I mean, wouldn't. I, you know, I'm not going to you know, call out the comment, you know, each, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but I, I don't agree with it. I I can understand how people have seen recent performances and think, well, they're not interested in, you know, not not interested, not up for it anymore, that, that sort of thing. They've, you know, lost the drive or belief maybe, as you were touching on, Johnny, but um, 
I, I don't buy for a second that, that they don't want it and uh, you know they don't want it for the, for the head coach any of that that stuff I don't I don't buy that for all the reasons I've said you know even if they have no future or you know no immediate or long-term future with Albion you know selfishly it's, it's massive winning promotion as I say at any club at any level so yeah, I'm, I'm not having that, Johnny. Um, I do realise that, you know, what, what winless in four now and playoff hopes seem to all all but have gone up in smoke because of the Easter weekend, don't they? So there are, you know, theories flying around and I, I understand that, but I think we perhaps need to take a lot of them with a pinch of salt and step back a little bit. Yeah, certainly. I'll just finish with um, a line office lengthy comment that we had. The quicker the end of the season arrives, the better so Corbrand can get rid of them all. That's not going to happen. These guys are under contract. Even if Albion stay down, I'm just looking, I've got the contract situation up here. The only, I mean, apart from the low knees that will go back, the only, um, the only out of contract with Tom Rogic, Jake Livermore, uh, it says Carl Bartley here, but he's triggered an extension. Keen Bryan and Eric Peters, they're the only Albion players out of contract this summer. The rest senior of them are in, yeah. yeah, senior players, the rest of them are, the, the rest of them are in contract. So, even if Albion stay down, it's very difficult to to have a, a big turn. Like we said last season, Steve Bruce wanted to have a, a big overhaul and a reset, but it was difficult to do. Albion probably tried to do it, but it is difficult to do. So this this thing of players being worried about getting rid of if they go up, this it is not. And like Cocky said, we, we respect every single opinion, but it's just one that is very wide of the mark. Look, I think just, just, just quickly to, to add to you there, there, Johnny. A um, little thing you touched on there about overhaul and all that, and Steve Bruce wanting it, and maybe not being as big as everyone wanted. Look, I'm sure I, don't, I might be wrong, and I don't want to put words in in head coach's mouth, and he's not really been in a position to answer these questions yet. But I'm sure if he'd have the chance that Carlos Corbin had wanted an overhaul, want to put his stamp on a squad, he hasn't been able to do that yet. As he's had to inherit a squad, he's had to try and make it work. I'm sure you know if finances allowed, he'd want to do many things in the summer window many things if finances weren't a hold back but we all know that scenario don't we and we're going to get onto that when we touch on the accounts later um that that sort of rebuilding wide scale deep rebuild of senior players well we just don't know how how possible well, it's not going to be possible is it it's going to have to be worked um on on a on a small lower scale smaller piece by piece business you know sort of mm wheel and deal where you can you know get get I don't know, small deals done where you can and be smart and it's, it's gonna have to be done that way so yeah um sometimes a big overhaul is needed and you're know, welcomed but you know it, will it be possible i'm not so sure yeah not so sure indeed right there we go lock that away i can calm down now i've got that off the chest uh, now we can can talk about something that'll calm me down the two performances over the weekend no that's not going to calm me down it's going to make me more angry <laughs> Um, Lewis, in a nutshell, you know, we, we've talked specifics. We talked specifics after the Rotherham game. We talked specifics after Monday's um, shambolic performance, bar in the first 10 minutes. Um, what if, you, if uh, this is a million dollar question that I'm sure Carlos Corbran's still trying to answer, but what went wrong? What, you know, what, what, I've been trying to pinpoint everything. And the only thing I can maybe come back to is the player's attitude or, you know, lack of confidence. You know, we talked about that. Carlos Corbran talked about it. Um, what went wrong? What went so that, wrong that you're playing against two relegation threatened sides and you've looked like the relegation threatened side? Yeah, I think Albion over these two games, and maybe you know, maybe we can take that back you know, quite a few games before, possibly certainly looked to me like they're playing with a lack of confidence. 
and, and belief, which is interesting. Um, yeah, and I include get games at home, Johnny. You know, those those one nil wins over Huddersfield and Wigan were were interesting, weren't they? And I'm not I'm not gonna bash those because the wins were important and kept Albion in the race and were, were crucial actually. However, they yeah, it doesn't entirely it doesn't matter about performances at this stage, does it? But they weren't convincing. You, you could tell that they were edgy, weren't they? Edgy on the pitch, edgy in the stands, sort of a cycle of a lack of belief and confidence and stuff like that. And and it's interesting because I think someone asked me over the weekend, why is there a lack of belief and confidence at home? Albion haven't lost there since October, have they? Um, once under the new manager. So there, there absolutely should not be a lack of belief and confidence at home, should there? So perhaps as you touched on, Johnny, that comes back to the general mentality of the group. Perhaps it comes back to a rotten away record since since January and picking up nothing away is putting a lot on home. Perhaps I'm 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 thinking out loud here, but I think there's probably something in that. You know, you totally reliant on the home form. So that puts a lot more pressure on it, I would say, because you there's no balance, you're picking up nothing on the road. So it perhaps feels like the weight of the world's on your shoulders at the Hawthorns where everything counts. Um and look, you know, I, I was looking at general form under Corban earlier this morning and it's, it's clear there was a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of wins a hell of a lot of wins from October November till what early January and then certain things have happened haven't they certainly player availability has happened hasn't it from from that point from about was was Matt Phillips the first long-term loss absentee under Corban I think so yeah. and a good few have followed haven't they let's let's be honest a good few have followed and it'd be remiss of us not to I think there's something in the the mental side of it, the mentality side of it. Um, you know, it's before my time covering the club, but and you can expand on this, Johnny. We've got to end of season stages where, you know, on occasions, it's it's appeared. You know, last season it, it playoffs came into view, didn't they? A win and it's on, and then the Albin would lose. And just while you're on Matt lose. Phillips, Lewis, I'm just scrolling through Twitter. And I've just found, found a very very interesting statistic. Mm. Um, someone's tweeted this was uh, yesterday. Someone tweeted the loss of Matt Phillips to injuries ruined our season. Many fans will disagree. And then Albion News and Opinions um, on on Twitter have put before Phillips's injury, he won eight out of nine games. After his injury, we've won four out of 13. I don't think it was the sole reason, but it's definitely one of the main factors. Yeah, I'm just looking at it, Johnny, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, on a, just on a tangent, it's, you know, you can dress statistics up to suit your own agenda, but I think it's pretty clear with this one that, you know, that was the, that maybe the start of, of Albion's pretty, pretty sort of up and down patchy run. Yeah. And, um, like, obviously, there have been more, and it's, it's not helpful, is it, that, you know, Dean Garner would have had a good run in the side and hopefully built up some form of momentum without Phillips yet. Yeah, you know, he goes down just shortly after that, doesn't he? I I, had, I take the point that he, he wasn't playing particularly well before that injury. But, you know, and Phillips, I've seen so many comments that, you know, if you'd have told me last summer our season would hinge on Phillips getting injured, I wouldn't believe you, all that sort of stuff. And you wouldn't read Phillips's goals and assists tallies, would you, and say that he's been a massive miss. But I think I think the summer in the... Um, the way he carries himself, the, the professionalism and experience, and certainly the work rate he provided on that the left of the three. Remember his defensive diligence and stuff, you know, willingness to cover Townsend and work back. It, it was a huge part. Um, I'd admit when he went off against Chesterfield, I didn't think that was it. I didn't, you know, I didn't think, I remember speaking to you on these podcasts, Johnny, and it's, you know, it's a massive moment for Dean Garner, obviously, and, and others 
there, there was no shortage of options, were there? I mean, Michael Brighton would come in a week or two later, and we're thinking, well, that's a that's a like for like deal, isn't it? All Brighton. That's a you know, after his after his debut, you're thinking I've been a, a quid in here really with this loan, um, and that hasn't paid off, has it? I mean, let's be honest, we're talking about this Phillips injury in January. Albion made two signings, didn't they, in All Brighton and and Nathaniel Chalaber, and neither have have worked. Neither have provided a an input on the pitch or a spark required to keep the run going in the absence of others. And um, yeah, we're seeing that now, aren't we? I mean, I talk about Chalaber, the, the two midfielders are out now, aren't they? And massive, massive hole and dent there. And it's it's been too much. And this is a wider point, Johnny, that we'll maybe pick up on a little bit later. But players injured and the squad isn't light on numbers generally if everyone's fit. However, the players that have had to come in, the squad players that have had to fill in. Unfortunately, in this this period, haven't haven't been up to it, have they, Johnny? They haven't showed. I, I haven't seen the required quality. The drop off has been too huge. Um, I haven't seen the required sort of quality, um, leadership, with, without the players we're talking about, which which looks like looks to have have cost Arbin, unfortunately. But there are other factors that I was just touching on. You know, the mentality and how the you know, squad of players have let it slip in previous seasons, previous attempts, and just when it seems there's a chance, you know, to get to the line to get across the line and you know they fall away and perhaps that's something ingrained you know you could say that but um so yeah a couple of factors there um there's there's another interesting point i don't know if you're going to ask me johnny i don't know if we've had a question on it but uh, that how the style has sort of transformed with Corbin, and how it's gone from maybe how it was when albin were winning to a, a slower tempo um a far more considered style um moving the ball mate you know slower than they were and perhaps creating less as a result of that and that tempo change. And I'd be very interested to see you know, clips of games when he took over to clips of games now. And I don't know if that's a personnel thing as well, an availability thing, but that's something certainly supporters have picked up on, isn't it, Johnny? You, you can tell it at the Hawthorns, even with the good form, that uh, that, that you know certain supporters want, want it moved quicker and want. So that's something to consider as well, perhaps, and, and why that's changed. But uh, yeah, all in all, it's it's looking highly unlikely now, isn't it, Johnny? Certainly is indeed. A question I've just thought of now. We've talked about Albion maybe showing a lack of confidence on on Monday. The supporters certainly showing a bit of an edginess and a lack of confidence despite being 2 0 up. Is now I don't want to use injuries as an excuse for Albion not putting in you know, not putting it in in both games. I don't think you can turn around and say, well, the injuries have affected them in that way. You know, those players are good enough to go out there and win both of them games, in my opinion, if they turn up and apply themselves correctly, which leads you, leads you to believe that they haven't or some of them haven't. But do you think the players that are fit and already out there look at the injury list? You know, if we go through it, a fully fit Alex Palmer probably starts on 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 Monday. So does Yukushli, so does Malumbi, so does Shea. Um, sort of Matt Phillips, probably graded in Ghana as well, maybe arguably, or one of the two. Um, I know they've been out for a while. But do you think the players and the fans, do you think the lack of confidence or the sort of dipping confidence, uh, dipping belief, maybe comes from thinking, oh, all these big players are out. You know, we're we're a bit, we're a bit sort of our armour has been dented here, which it has, but they still should have enough. But do, do you think that's yeah. maybe where the lack of confidence comes from a bit, or a, or a drop? Yeah, in I confidence? think that's a. I think that's a fair point, Johnny. Yeah, you, you know, in any dressing room, you look around and see the big hitters out, and it's a blow, isn't it? Your your, your leaders. Uh, O'Shea has been a leader this 
this season with the armband, massive miss, played every minute, didn't he, prior to his injury. Uh, Malumbi has just grown by the game. You know, we all know the stature of a player like Kuslu and Palmer in goal. What what a voice and presence he was. And, you know, that's not a slight on Griffiths, by the way. Just Palmer had such a huge role in that form under Corbran. And, and we know keeper is obviously a specialised position. So I think that that's probably a factor as well, Johnny, I would say. It probably plays a role. However, the head coach, the manager... With the numbers he has, when you, I remember when he came in, actually, ironically, got to about Christmas time under Corbran, so probably two months under the Spaniard, and very few injuries, actually. And I remember us asking him in press conferences, you know, talking about Tony Strudwick, director of medical, and, and um, sort of, you know, suggesting, is, is there a reason in here? Is this a bit of a fluke, one of those things? There, there have been no injuries. It's, it's serving you well, obviously. And I remember Corbran answering that, and... Um, and I don't know if we cursed it, Johnny. We probably we, we tend to, don't we? Us in the us in the media provide the curse, and ever since then, um, it's gone the other way. So I look. I think it swings and roundabouts. To be honest, I, I do. Um, I've seen a question uh, asked recently. You know, too many too many injuries in the training ground. Too many. Muscle yeah, we've got one today. And, and they're being overworked, and oh, we'll we'll come to it later. And. Uh, there probably are occasions in football history that happens, and managers and coaches train players too hard be interesting in this case but I think it swings and roundabouts look you there were nine under Corbrand for a few months and now there are a lot yeah things even in the mouth you know possibly um but so so when the manager took the squad not light on numbers at all you know good numbers um and the test of those numbers and depth comes when the absentees kick in don't they and as I touched on earlier just and I'm not hanging it all on players that have come in and not had the desired impact that's unfair because there's also been a drop off hasn't there of key players still involved, you know, drop off in Wallace, Swift, um, you know, maybe others, the fullbacks, for example. Um, you know, someone like Eric Peters was exemplary, wasn't he, for, for a couple of months? So, you know, perhaps he's had a, you know, slightly nervier handful of games and others as well. Um, you know, Jay's struggled to come back from injury, hasn't he? You, you could go through, really, the personnel, couldn't you? And, and, um, and yeah, the, the, the depth, has not delivered. The numbers haven't delivered, um, including those who've managed to stay fit. You know, so yeah, yeah, not light, not light to the stage when you're calling on kids, academy players. Yes, we've seen a couple on the bench, but the squad players just yeah have, haven't been up to it when they've they've needed to come in and step up. No, I think you're uh, I think you're 100 right there, Lewis. It's um yeah, it's interesting, and and we've. We've talked about a lack of pressure and not being able to handle the pressure and etc. I did reference it on the video the other day. Obviously, you, you weren't in post last year, but you would have known the sort of the chances that Albion had, and they sort of blew it. And uh, you know, from when Steve Ruth took over, I think they were fifth. Um, just Albion fans, this will resonate with Albion. It just feels like a little bit of deja vu, and that's the only thing I can put under. And we've meant it was the title of our video the other day. I just think. That when the when the, when the going gets tough and the pressure is on a little bit, I just don't whether it's psychologically or a mentality thing. The, the evidence is there that these players haven't been able to handle it. You know they've got questions to answer in the final few games now to prove that they can. That's for me. That's the only thing I can put down to it that they sort of crumble under the, under the pressure when when the pressure's off. You know, don't get me wrong. The pressure wasn't off when they were bottom of the table. It it was on to a certain extent because. You know, you're a, a good chunk of the way through the season and you're at the foot of the table. You're not cut yes. adrift, but, you know, those players stepped up and, you know, when the pressure was on, for example, um, 
You know, they were nil-nil against Blackpool. They needed a goal, you know, against a side that were down there. They won that game. They went to QPR. All right, the pressure's not on as much as it is now at the, the top of the table, but they have been able to show it at certain periods of the season. But now when the pressure is sort of ramped up and we're getting to that business end, you know, what Alex Ferguson called that squeaky bum time of the season, they're just they're not able to handle it. That's the only common denominator I can see from last season to this season. And yeah. the only real reason, the only real thing I can put my finger on, you know, that, and that's not 100%. That's just my opinion, given the evidence that is there in terms of the games that they drop points uh, yeah, and no, what it's... circumstances. But mm. I can't think of anything else because quality, what, you know, we, we, we I saw a, a statement saying that Alvin actually got quality players. Yeah, they have. If you go through that side and it was a comment Jed Wallace made. Well, he said we've got players in the side that won Premier League promotion. If you if you went through Alvin's eleven on Monday, this the players that came off the bench. You know, Josh Griffith, young keeper. You know, okay, we'll leave him out. Darnell Furlong, Premier League promotion, hundreds of games. Um, Eric Peters, I, I think he was promoted to the Premier League, but certainly over a hundred games in the Premier League. Very experienced player. Seven eight seasons in the Premier. Yeah, yeah. Shemi Ajayi, Premier League promotion under his belt. Connor Townsend, Premier League promotion under his belt. Nathaniel Chalaber, Premier League football and a Premier League promotion under his belt. Gardner Hickman, one of the younger players in the squad, similar category to Griffiths, as is Thomas Asante, who's very young, despite, you know, he's played quite a lot of games in the football league. Jed Wallace, arguably been Championship's best player or in the top five for the last two or three years. John Swift as well. Uh, Mark Albright, Premier League winner. You know, all right, he's a, he's a bit older now from, from when he won the Premier League, but there's quality in that side, so... The pressure thing's the only thing I can yeah. put it down to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, you know, newer names there, Johnny. Yeah, Chalaba. I'm not, yeah, this is not an attack on individuals, but you'd hope for more, wouldn't wouldn't you? And he's, he's, Absolutely. Perhaps, perhaps he's, I mean, you definitely hope for more. Perhaps he's become an easy target as a as a new recruit when you needed a lift and, and it's not happened. But, you know, what, what's he won? A couple of promotions in England, Cap. He's a great age, isn't he? Um, but I take the point, he, he was barely playing for Fulham and, Probably not match fit before he came in, but he, yeah, he had one bright performance recently. And Corbran sort of, you know, said, "Oh, he, he looked really mature in that game. This is what I wanted to see." And then struggled in the Bank Holiday games, didn't he badly? And um, you know, another name Johnny not mentioned there because he came from the bench. I mean, Tom Rogic, Tom Rogic, yeah, yeah what what a player he was for Celtic. Um, and yeah, what what have we what have we had to show for it this season? I mean, that so. Magic goal at Sunderland, wasn't it? But that's December. You know, that was basically history, isn't it? Five months yeah. ago. Um, then in the, the the home Rotherham win before Christmas, was it a, a goal and a goal and assist maybe, um, an assist on Boxing Day? But that that flurry inside what a week aside. Yeah. You know, not been able to. He hasn't started, has he, Rogic? You know, aside from Chesterfield and Cup games. And what does that say about? You know, he's pushing the the head coach in training yeah. and. From the bench, what have we seen? You know, this should be a player. Oh, I take it as a free agent, but that's a high-profile free agent, isn't it, for the championship? Uh, good age, Rogic. You know, not 35. What is he? He's 30? probably the most high-profile, high-profile free agent available after the term of transfer. In Certainly the in his position. Certainly yeah. in his role. Uh, he's 30. You know, he, he's only just turned 30, by the way. Um, you know, this isn't a 34, 35-year-old, which of which you can make a point for Brighton, couldn't you? Um, yeah. So yeah, there there are numerous examples. Um, and your your point there sort of repeated something I was touching on earlier. And yeah, I wasn't in post last season, but obviously following it from further field, 
seemed to happen similarly, didn't it? And taking it back, you know, I don't know if fans will think the same listening to the point you just made when you were going through names there, Johnny, you were touching on, you know, it, it, it struck, I think, when you mentioned Furlong, Ajay, Townsend, the Albion uh, promotion winners to the Premier League. Taking it back to that, that season of promotion, Albion were supreme, weren't they, under Billich to get in the position they got to prior to the uh, pandemic? And from, from what I remember from afar, yeah, all right, a lot of caveats, you know, empty stadiums when things came back, uh, you know, Project Restart, it was all different, wasn't it? And it's, it's hard to maybe, maybe gauge when only the Prem and the Championship were playing. But um, Albion really struggled over the line, didn't they? Crawled over the line. And I remember it was subsequently reports and, and stories about perhaps not, not behaving not not training appropriately in the, in the lockdown stuff like that um i remember reading at the time um now that's not an attack on any players i've, I've mentioned there but struggles in form from the restart in you know to, to to crawl over the line to promotion there or to certainly stutter more so the premier league season was the premier league season you know unfortunately behind closed doors and you're up against stacks of quality aren't you and there were those you know those brief magic days like stanford bridge and stuff but um or was it at home, Chelsea? It was Stamford Bridge, wasn't it? Stamford um, Bridge, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I tried to wipe that COVID season from my memory, to be honest, because it was so dull. Um, but but yeah, you know, you could could take the form back to to then, couldn't you? You know, it, it, mesmeric under Billich, and who knows, were it not for the pandemic, would that have continued under under Billich? Yeah, perhaps we can't say, can we? Um, we can't say there are a lot of factors, but we mentioned tailing off when it gets to the line when it gets to getting over the line you you, you could say in that promotion season it happened then they, they didn't tail off in that they still got the prize they still got the promotion however it stuttered didn't it when the finish line came into sight um yes pandemic but you get my point um so yeah th there's a lot of sort of evidence on that front um and i think we're seeing it again this season aren't we and just one more point on this johnny i don't know if you saw me uh mention it on on twitter the other day or, or in one of the stories I did, um, thought it was hugely interesting, and it it's on this point that after 40 games, Albion's record is exactly identical to last season's. Um, at, at, so 40 games, obviously under Ishmael and Steve Bruce, and 40 games under Bruce and Corbran. Let's say 40 games, um, 15 wins, and it's either 13 draws and 12 defeats, or 12 draws and 13 defeats, 15 wins, and it, the, the goal difference is even identical to uh, nearly identical the goal difference is one better off on last season under Ismail and Bruce but it's uh, 11th in the table exactly the same so 40 games same win draws losses almost the same goal difference same position in the table which is very interesting because you know then then you use the word progress with a question mark you know exactly the same record however you know it was a great start under Ismail wasn't it obviously then tailed off terribly Bruce didn't have an impact um petered away we all know how this season went relegation zone and having to 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 improve from there so i think we would all say progress yes under core grants you know huge progress from when he take, took over but you know what's that old cliche that the league table doesn't lie so 12 months on progress question mark well the league table looks the same because of the the roller coaster ups and downs that have been in between i guess like you've read my mind on my next point um, oh, sorry, but I've got that. I've got written down. But this podcast is probably going to extend longer now because I've just thought of just one more thing I want to finish off the weekend. 
um, weekend chat about now. Taylor Gardner Rickman has been given his chance over the last two games. He played against Rotherham, um, where I thought he didn't do too bad, considering Albion were, were shocking. Um, he played a big hand in the goal that Albion scored. Yeah. On Monday, Albion fans will have seen, and I think Gardner Hickman, if he was sat here with me and you, Lewis, would be the first to admit that his performance was pretty well below par. Um, he was sloppy on the ball, you know, gave the ball away a lot. And Albion fans did really get on his back. Um, he was taken off in the second half. Um, so I, this is sort of unsubstantiated, but I believe he sort of took against or there was something happening by the East stand with a fan saying something to him. Um, I think he was over there. I think Brandon Thomas Asante was with him. And then on social media, fans have basically just torn into the man who was Albion's golden boy until a few weeks ago and and, and had impressed last season and they were screaming and kicking for him to have his opportunity um, and he hasn't grasped it massively. Uh, like we said, Friday he wasn't too bad. Monday was was poor, which you'll admit. But I just want to stick up for the kid, really, because he's got quality. He's playing in a depleted side, you know, and I'm, I've you know probably sure I've said before that's no excuse, but he's coming in, he's been asked to do a job and fill the shoes of two massive players for Albert and Yukushlu and Malumbi. Um And he had a bad game, but it doesn't deserve the vitriol and the negativity that has surrounded his name on social media in the last few days. And like we say, social media is a cesspit, but there's been a, uh, there was a large number of people really tearing into the, the guy who I'm sure four or five weeks ago was screaming and kicking for him to be given his chance on the back mm. of injuries. And and what I will say, and I'll stick up for him, is when the going got tough in that, it was, even though Albion were 2-1 up, you know, the fans were turning. He didn't shirk it. He always tried to get on the ball. And when there was players on that field who maybe didn't want to, didn't want to show for the ball or didn't want to stand up, he, he kept going and he kept wanting to get on the ball. And all right, he made a number of mistakes, but you got to admire his bottle and, yeah, I just want to stick up for the lad, really, because I thought some of the treatment he's had from and comments from fans has been a little bit unfair. Yeah, I don't know. There's not much to add to that, really, there, Johnny. Um, waiting for his chance. Uh, had to wait for his chance a hell of a long time, hadn't he? And I, I thought, you know, one of very few at Rotherham. Well, yeah, if any, really. But I thought he did OK at Rotherham. Um, yeah, I don't think Albin would have managed to take the lead. Uh, they took the lead of Rotherham, didn't they? I'm getting my games mixed up. Yeah, yeah. In the penalty spot, yeah. Without yeah, his influence in that goal, leading to that goal. Um, but yeah, he, he had a, he had a clear off day on on Monday, which is fair enough because many others did. Not, but you know, one of them where nothing he tried seemed to come off. But you're right, he didn't hide, and that takes some um, some nerve, doesn't it? I nearly said something else then. So you know, good good on him for that and. I suppose I'll learn and grow from that. There's a lot of, we said in the video, a lot of frustration around the Hawthorns weren't there that day. And and I know other players were, were the target of it as well. Um, look, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation and debate to be had about Gardner Hickman's future, I, I would say. I mean, I, I, I don't see that it's away from Albion. However, at his age, yeah, he's young, but he's not a teenager. He needs to play, doesn't he? Um, he needs to play. It looks like Albion will be in the championship next season. Finances are, are hard, very hard. I, I don't think, uh, yeah, you know what's just sprung into my mind, don't you, Johnny? Samfield, um, mm. you yeah, know, arguably the best. This one. podcast's never going to end. We keep coming up with topics, don't we? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it's very relevant, isn't it? Samfield, you know, best midfielder on the pitch the other yeah. day. Um, but, you know, that's that's just 
getting everyone listening and probably us even more depressed than we already are. Um, but you know, look, I'm not comparing the two. It just happens that they're academy graduates. But Gardner Hickman, you know, he'll grow and we don't know how he's going to progress, do we? Without being in the championship, he, he needs to be, I would say, he needs to be part of it. And, you know, I'd, I'd probably finances dictate he needs to be part of it as well, I would say. So I think I think we'll see that from next season, unless Carlos Cobran wants otherwise. And uh, hopefully just a bump in the road for Gardner Hickman. Yeah, hopefully indeed. That'll uh, conclude the chat from the weekend's games. Um, I've got a little theory that I wanted to um, to talk to you about, Coxie, and you you touched on it there. So I've been been doing a bit of digging, looking back through the Carlos Corbran era stats, um, league games only, no cup games. So I'm just going to read out a few stats and then sort of make a little point. 24 games Carlos Corbran's had uh, in league charge of Albion so far with a 72 points on offer. From that, he's got 13 wins, four draws and seven defeats, taking 43 points. Now, in the first 11 games, he won nine of them. And five of those seven defeats that he's had have come since January. Uh, that starts from and includes the defeat, the Friday Night Live Sky defeat at Burnley. Um, now, Albion are in the position they are five or six. You know, I haven't looked at the table for the last couple of days. That sounds really, really unprofessional. Um, five or six points off the playoffs with the game in hand, you know. So still, you know, despite still the Still five, Johnny, somehow. Still, 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 five. F- still f- somehow, yeah. Um, but even with all the negativity, you know, still possible. Now, it's... This is this is very much, you know, hypothetical. Um, Carlos, Carlos Corban's reign was very much lopsided. Like like Valerian Ishmael's reign was very much lopsided. That Albion were unbeaten in 10. I think it was 10. Almost went unbeaten in 11. I think they lost to Stoko there that night. Um, and then it all sort of fell off the cliff really quickly and he ended up leaving. Carlos Corban's start, 9 and 11. Very similar. Obviously, it's, we're not. It hasn't got to that stage. I don't think it will because Carlo Corran's an exceptional manager. Um, but it's very top heavy at the front with wins. If it was more sort of balanced, you get what I mean. So if Albion yeah, yeah. say, you know, lost against Sheffield United, beaten Blackpool, drawn at QPR, drawn against Stoke, beaten Sunderland. If you get what, if you catch my drift, and we got to this stage now, it'd be very, very interesting to see what the perception of the season would be now at the moment it's very much oh they've got into this great position they've blown it they've bottled it you know they've been on a dreadful run i think they haven't won in five um and i think what, four wins in the last 13 or something like that which a fan we, we read out before but it yeah, would be interesting to see because i think perceptions and and attitudes and the the atmosphere around the hawthorns would be a little bit different if it had sort of gone that way if you get what i mean if it would have yeah. been a little bit more staggered rather than smashing that, well, I didn't smash out the block because they were awful against Sheffield United, but he had only been in the building a handful of days. But after that, from the Blackpool, from the Akushlu late goal against Blackpool, from that point onwards, if it would have been more staggered rather than, as we said, firing out of the blocks, it would, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I'm sure it would be a lot no, different. No, do you know what, Johnny? That's uh, an interesting part of this is, I think a, a big part of the frustration and, and, one what one mass you know massive part of the frustration and, and concern and fear and alarm is obviously the overarching overriding finances side of it and future of the club and life situation clearly but with the context of this season um frustration because of what's going on on the pitch is because of how good it was because of how good it was and had to be for Albion to to get where they got the the, the form you know, to, to get from bottom after Sheffield United to you know, 
when when Albion were were leading at Burnley um, that Friday night, I think they were I think the live table had them fourth, maybe even third. Um, but you know, prior to that, they were certainly in the top six. And perhaps we're taking it for granted. Perhaps we, you know, and I'm you know myself included. And this was perhaps a bit daft, really, in hindsight, just taking for granted that the, that form was going to continue. Um, and because of that, even if the form dips, I think we all thought, thought it would, you know, might dip a little, the odd defeat or draw. Um, but that Alvin had still done more than enough. So, you know, I'd be interested to listen back to podcasts actually from around yeah. that late December, January, you know, before some sort of defeat. And even if it dipped a little bit, Alvin had still have comfortably enough to be in the top six. Um, so, you know, how many sort of thought job done? You know, there's so many games left. Albion's form is going to, you know, going to win loads of games comfortably enough to get it, get in there. Um, so the the form had built such hope, hadn't it, and borderline expectation that it was going to happen. Uh, playoffs. Uh, I don't want to say people were booking their hotels for for Wembley Way, but you get the point. Um, Although I had a I had a notification of you cancelling a booking.com. Um, certain people, um, come on, me. Are you sure you didn't book anything? Certain people, no names mentioned. Johnny organising stag do's <laughs> around playoff dates. I, I don't know who that could be. Um, Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, um, yeah. You know that that's how it was, and that's why yeah, it, it looks unlikely now. Although it's not impossible, as you mentioned, five points. Um, that's why it's maybe that more frustrating on the football side of it and hard to take because I think it was so good. And, you know, d- ditto with how it started under Ismail, it was so good um, when there is a drop-off and a fall-away. And, it, it's you know, it has been... You, you mentioned the stats, Johnny. What What, what is it, the, the four wins in 12 or 13? Now, that is a quite a sharp drop-off, but it's always going to be, isn't it, from nine wins in 11? It's always going to be a quite a sharp drop-off because maybe that isn't going to be maintained. But that's why it's been felt more, maybe, because it looks like... With that form, it was it was there, it was job done, it was happening. Um, if it hadn't been that form, as you rightly say, if it was more spread and levelled, um, then we wouldn't be expecting it, would we? Albion would have, you know, maybe crawled to 13th, 12th, 11th, 10th, and might have had half a sniff at a late push, but very unlikely. However, where it got to, well inside the top six, did we, I don't know, do supporters ourselves get a bit giddy, a bit like? You know, it's on, it's there, it's going to happen. And maybe that's why the, we're all feeling it a bit more now. Yeah, no, it'd be, it would be interesting to see in a, in a parallel universe, but obviously that is not possible. Right, we're going to talk off-field stuff at the moment, which we do every episode. Um, hopefully this, well, it'll be the case for quite a while. Hopefully it's not the case forever. Um, but we spoke on the last episode about the club accounts being late. There was a big notice on Company's House. Now, we had to wait last season for quite a few months for the accounts to come out. We didn't have to wait too much longer. Uh, I think it was Wednesday evening or Thursday morning they were um, released for the three companies around Albion, WBA Group, WBA West Bromwich Albion Football Club and WBA Holdings. Um, and Albion fans would have seen the sort of media stories over over the last week. Um, and we're going to focus on their the figures in there and, and very alarming figures about the reduction in turnover and what a lot of it centred around and the concern centred around was cash flow um, and these types of things. And I'm just going to um, I'm going to read out some sections of the director's report um, in the WBA. Um, uh, the WBA 
um, company's house reports and the and the, the financial accounts, um, of which they're quite similar in all three, really. But uh, these signed by Chief Executive Ron Gourlay, and it sort of lays bare the fears of uh, the future. Fears for the future of the club. Um, he said in the report, should the forecasted player trading not be achieved, the group would need to both maintain existing and find further sources of investment in order to bridge its cash flow position until appropriate transactions are fulfilled. Um, however, it starkly states, given that such player trading is not guaranteed, there is a material uncertainty present that may cast significant doubt about the group and the company's ability to continue as a going concern. Now, Lewis, I'm going to focus on this to start with. We knew Albion may potentially have to sell in the summer. From what we're reading, it looks like they're probably going to have to sell more players than than fans would maybe have expected. Um, and just that line around, it's it's more the uncertainty moving forward still. The line around um, they need to both maintain existing um, and find further sources of investment in order to bridge its cash flow position until appropriate player transactions are fulfilled. Now, speaking hypothetically, if Albion don't go up and the, the Premier League money and the riches don't come into it, this finding further sources of investment is the, is the thing that sort of concerns me personally, reading it. You know, Ron Gourlay already revealed in his last big interview with yourselves and the media that he went to Gouch and Lye and asked for investment and his way of, of asking for investment was the, the MSD loan, uh, the £20 million MSD loan, which we... We know we're paying a significant amount of interest on now from these reports. Um, so if they need investment next time, where's that going to come from? It's um, <laughs> well, it's still, yeah. despite the detail in these accounts, it's still a muddy picture. It's still a clouded picture. It's still concerning. It, it's still deeply worrying. Well, the, the only answer there is um, a new investor isn't it and how how likely is that without being in the championship well i think we all know the answer to that um well or i suppose uh dare i say it and i don't i don't want to really consider it but you know a, a different loan another loan um you know and that's i no one wants to be going down that route at all do they uh, it's uh it's really quite fear quite a fearful situation oh, well that's an understatement to be honest but ta- you know having to take any more I, it's not really worth considering isn't it and yeah you mentioned that the, the player sales element of it johnny we've been talking for um for a while about this haven't we on the podcast this season about um you know sort of forecasting the picture i suppose before we've obviously been able to see the the black and white of these accounts and sort of thinking well you know unfortunately well, unfortunately but there, there aren't many players out of contract so uh, you have four senior players you know possibly all go certainly three of them you would imagine um and then you you do what you can don't you if, if you're having to play a sales you you do what you can you I, i'd imagine i don't i don't know this but i'd, I'd imagine there are there are lists certainly in the manager's head but um of, of players they they see where they might be able to get a bit of value from. And by value, I don't mean a lot of money, by the way, but, but, but any. Um, and that's how it'll have to be worked. And obviously, bottom of that list to, to move on will be players the head coach relies on and sees as key players for the future of the club, you know, next season. Um, and I think we all know who they are, probably, don't we? We could go through a list, probably half a dozen. Um, however, unfortunately, they are the players with, with value, aren't they? Unfortunately, they're the players with value um, and, and they're the players you don't want to lose. There's another strand to that, and, and that is who's buying and where 
where's the the value where's the money coming from is it coming from the championship because that doesn't happen much does it beyond relegated Premier League sides really and we've seen Burnley as an example look abroad clubs look abroad coming down from the Prem don't they Watford um, yeah, even Norwich are buying from from abroad maybe they, they see better value there I don't know um, is it coming from the Premier League uh, a Premier League club's going to look at any of these Albion players or or is it going to come from Europe yeah you know, I mean it's a simple thing to say but the European the foreign players would perhaps cast interest from from Europe, you know, you, I could see a European club interested in Yukuslu, but that's just because they have a profile there. You know, could, do we see? You know, DK obviously is is from another part of the globe. Does does that open him up? But yeah, we we don't want to be considering this clearly. But this, you know, from the reports, unfortunately, this seems a reality. Now, we're very happy to be told otherwise on on this front. Um, and yeah, we'll see. I see it'd be. Um, It'd be good soon to have the chance to speak to Ron Gourlay about this. I remember when we when we did last time, and this is obviously long pre-account. Um, I remember asking about player sales, and it, it, his sort of response was that you know if, if it's required, if it has to be done, then he wouldn't be afraid to do it. And um, yeah, we might might be in that situation, might we, Johnny? But again, the, an interesting question is if Albion are forced into having to listen to offers here, then then who is going to be making these offers that Albion need? It's it's a desperately sad situation and state of affairs. Just on, I mean, you've read the key bits there, Johnny, but a bit um, that, that caught my eye and sort of um, drummed up fear, really, is um, following statement, really, you know, given such uh, funding with player trading is not guaranteed. There's a material uncertainty present, which may cast significant doubt about the group and company's ability to continue as a growing concern. I mean, as a going concern, sorry. And yeah, for, for the, the layman, out there, you know, including myself, going concern is, you know, just a, a viable, profitable business, isn't it? You know, and when you're talking about a uh, considerable doubt, you, you know, significant doubt, sorry, about, you know, material material uncertainty, you know, to, to continue viably. Uh, I mean, that's just as stark for me as it gets, really, um, down there in black and white. I think, it, you know, and, and, and those statements were from Ron Gourlay, weren't they, by the way, we should say, from the chief exec. Um, they were for, for others. Obviously, we had we had the accounts for club, group, and holdings, didn't we? So, had statements from uh, Ken as well, Zuki, and um, and holdings too. So, yeah, um, it also did state in in other parts of the reports and uh, directors' comments that uh, I, I think that I believe I haven't got it in front of me at, at this exact moment, but there was confidence in the next twelve months as of the signing date of the. Um, of, of the reports and that, that was February so what well, that takes us to next February doesn't doesn't it however you know when it comes to the, the summer and when you know player trading has to take place we, we can't really have confidence can we because you know it's, it's not guaranteed that as we know transfers in and out nothing's guaranteed there so um, yeah it, it, it was uh, it was tough to tough to read and take in a report really wasn't it it's not what anyone um, would have wanted to it's sort of the, the reality of it hitting home, isn't it? When you see it in the in the published accounts, you know, see the the actual figures and the balance sheet. And I mean, Johnny, this is before we you know we even mentioned five million for you know Wisdom Smart, isn't it? Which uh, you know feels like you know is really a well, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a drop in the ocean, but certainly in in you know five million would go down very very nicely, wouldn't it? At this moment in time, I, I dare say. But um, 
in reality, there are probably many other things to be concerned about as well. Yeah, we spoke about the five million pound and what's happened with that last week, which was confirmed in a statement from Albion and, and sort of backed up in these accounts. I just want to touch on um, something in the Holden's accounts. Um, and a warm a, a, a loan involved uh, involving warm front holders. Now Albion fans will know, you know, the sun on a sort of twelve minute walkout, and as we said on Saturday, twelve minute fans, some fans staying outside till twelve minutes, indicates the twelve million pounds which has been taken out of the club in loans. You know, two million pound of that was a loan which which sort of emerged in the accounts last year that Lie took out. Um, so it was taken out by the club's parent company WBA Holdings in September twenty twenty one from warm front holdings uh, now that is a loan that was secured against live shareholding in the club it's now been revealed that um that loan is accruing interest of five percent a month um and it, that loan was immediately then loaned out to other various companies um but that money is also not being repaid um as we've seen in the in the holdings account um uh, it's just it's just a web it's a complete web and it's just everyone's Everything's becoming more. I've said it at the top of the conversation. Though, so we really need to go over it. But everything's becoming more clouded, despite having these up more details. And it's more sort of. It's just a web of just just loans and worry and concerns. And it just doesn't look. You know, the fact that this one hasn't been paid back either, and the interest. And we talk about the interest on the twenty mil loan, which I think was sort of nine percent plus something else, which was speculated it could be up to as high as fourteen percent. Um, that's the, the not 100% certain. Uh, it's just seen in sort of speculation, but the 9% is true. Um, it's just, it's, it's going to come to a head at some point, isn't it? But this is why I, I'm going to finish it off on this point before we talk about questions because we've been going for nearly an hour now and we've got loads of questions. Um, he's got to come out as far as I'm concerned. And fans have, I put this out on social media the other day, and fans sort of say, oh, it's not going to happen. Ah, he's not going to do this. Yeah, it might not happen, but he needs to. And my sort of philosophy on it was that we know it's bad. Even if he comes out, we'll know it's bad. But if he comes out and tells us his side of things or how or you know how it's got to this or you know we'll know how it's got to this because of the loans. But if he just comes out in front of him and is honest and says, "Look, I haven't got this money. I can't repay this money back. This is a situation," it won't make fans feel. You know, it won't make the situation any better, but it'll make fans feel a little bit more eyes open to the situation. Because even reading these accounts, you know, we we read a club accounts every season and 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 stuff, and I've dealt with sort of financial documents before. But even for us, it's confusing. For supporters, it's equally as confusing. And it's their football club at the end of the day that could, you know, I'm not saying it's going to go to the wall, but certainly there's tough times ahead. And they deserve to hear from the person at the top and and have an explanation. He's the only one. Him and Ken are the only ones who can really give it now. Yeah, I think just quickly, very quickly, um, it would be appreciated, wouldn't it, if he spoke? Um, however, I don't, you know, it wouldn't appease no. yeah, anyone, well, you, despite what was said, whatever reasons, and dare I use the word excuses. Um, yeah, it wouldn't. I, I don't think there'd be, um, <laughs> you know, scores of Albion fans feeling sorry, or, you know, um, I don't think it would appease anyone and, uh, yeah, excuse anything. But um, yeah, just just uh, fronting up, I suppose, and taking ownership of, pardon the pun, taking ownership of the um, of the situation, and and uh, giving an explanation would be would be welcome. 
Uh, certainly would be indeed. Right, time for an advert before we move on to your burning questions. As always, the Baggies broadcast is brought to you in association with the Kettle and Totes Man, the place you can go for all your household items. They've got absolutely everything in there and they still have an offer on on 90% of their items. There's free delivery on the majority of their items, whether they're in-store or online. So get over to the thecatlandtoasterman.co.uk or head in-store to Thorns Road in Briley Hill and pick up a item there. And whether it's a birthday or you've got anything coming up, great place to go and get yourself a present. As I always say, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for the air fryer, so go and have a look at those air fryers. Um, right, time for some questions. We've got um, some really decent ones. And, and there was a couple of questions that have have rolled over from from recent weeks that I didn't read out last week, so I'm just going to touch on them this week. I had a question, uh, this was a couple of weeks ago now, earlier in the month, from uh, from Nathan, uh, Nathan Aldridge, uh, listener of the podcast, regarding Gourley asking live for funds. This is quite relevant, as we just spoke about that. In my years of support, I can't think of many players we have sold at their peak. And do you think this is an area that needs looking at? He's talked about, i.e. Berahino to Spurs. I think it was a £30 million offer. He ended up going to Stoke for something like 10 Pereira was sold for 15 to Al-Hilal, probably worth double, if not triple that. Sam Johnson went on a free after we, I said we turned down money. I can't recall a bit being, being put in. It's a good point, Coxie, but it's one of them, how many Albion players have they got at their peak at the moment who are, at the, who are sort of on the up and, and would be attracting the yes. attention of other clubs, really. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we spoke about that there and mentioned a couple of players, don't we? And, and I, I dare say, you know, the half a dozen players mentioned would would be worth millions of pounds. Um, however, they're only worth that to the to the right to the interested buyers, aren't they? Um, and where's that market? Is it the championship? Is it abroad? We we don't know. Um, I would say you know some are at good ages. You could lose at a good yeah. age. Wallace, oh, some are at a brilliant age, really, aren't they? Let's be fair. You know O'Shea, Malumbi, Diangana, in terms of potential and progress. I mean, you could throw the two keepers in there, to be honest. DK, great, brilliant age, uh, the two keepers. So, assets, really. Um, assets you don't want to lose, but, you know, as, as discussed, could. Uh, but, you know, who's out there to spend the money that Albion would want for them, I suppose. And and because of that, you know, and, uh, the, the, the worst, worst case scenario, really, is having to lose any of those top players for, for Daft. For, for nothing money is it that's you know having to having to lose them for far under what their what they're worth what their value is and yeah hopefully it doesn't come to that because that would be um really awful to see yeah it would indeed um another question that we had uh, in recent weeks uh, this was actually tape back in march um from baggies fanatic how far do you think Corbrand can take us with the current squad he has now and how far could he take us with the correct budgeting uh, in brackets, loan repayments and a good transfer window. Now we'll probably forget about that, the rest of that question because of uh, because of what we've just talked about financial wise. But how far do you reckon they could take this squad, Coxie? Fully fit squad, so we've got all the players back in Ghana. Fully fit. Uh, I I I would go as far as uh, I think he takes this fully fit squad uh, in in the context of him being appointed at the bottom of the table. We'll go with. Um, yeah. I think he takes this fully fit squad into the playoffs, and with. I think with with all with no loan problem, with no financial problem, I think Corbin takes Albion in in a full season to um, you know at the very least on the fringes of automatic promotion. I rate him that highly, and I think he could do that well with a proper squad and proper finances. 
if he had a fully fit squad and those loan repayments were made and he had investment in the Premier League, which is a pipe dream and it's never going to happen, could he keep Albion in the Premier League? If they were yeah, to get I mean, the step is so huge, isn't it? It is a big, that. yeah. Um, with, with this squad, it would depend on how the investments used, wouldn't it? You'd have to say. Um, I, I rate Corbyn as a manager highly enough, and there's a reason why those big clubs are after him when Albion were flying. Um, however, the the they would need uh, more than a sprinkling of, of Premier League quality additions, wouldn't they? You know, handful, half a dozen, and it'd be dependent on those. I think the current. State no, but you know, depend. It would depend who came in. Mm, yeah. Question from Baggy Al: How, how much till we hit enough is enough with certain players? We've had three or four seasons of players not being mentally strong enough at this club. The culture is clearly bedded into being affected. Sorry, read that again. The culture is clearly bedded into be affecting new signings. Losing so much patience with a lot of our players has been an awful few seasons. Um, it's interesting. It's what we've talked about, hasn't it? Even last season, you know, when the pressure was on. I remember last season, Albion, sort of, Bruce took over. I think his first game was Sheffield United. I don't think Albion won until we went away to Hull. And then it seemed that it, the playoffs was off. And then we beat Fulham. Well, I can't remember who was Bournemouth. We beat Fulham or Bournemouth. Then we go and drop points on the road. Then we go and beat Bournemouth. And then by the time we went to Forest, which I think was on a Monday night, really late on in the season, Albion was still in the shadow of the playoffs, lost 4-0, you know. The pressure line was thrown at the players, but you can, you can. There are comparisons, like Lewis said earlier in the program, back to the end of the billet season post-pandemic, where Albion sort of crawled over the line with the help of some sort of, you know, Brentford shooting themselves in the foot, basically. Um, so yeah, I think that, that that that's the case. I think how long is enough? When is enough enough? I'm not too sure. Um, probably when the end of some contracts come to an end. But well, I, I just my my two pence on that very quickly, Johnny is you know Corbett, if if his hands weren't tied this summer and he could spend what he wants as I've yeah. touched on, I think he'd you know I think he'd want. Uh, would it be too dramatic to say a new player in every position? Probably. <coughs> Excuse me, but a new player in positions where you know it's it's been the same for a long time, and the obvious, the very obvious one is fullbacks, isn't it? Um, it's been a, a good few transfer windows with, I suppose, Eric Peters came in, didn't he? But, you know, as a free agent, um, was that after the window was shut? I'm trying to remember. But fullbacks coming in to push to be, you know, starters, first team regulars. Um, it's been a good long time, hasn't it? Numerous transfer windows and that's a department. And this is an attack on Furlong or Townsend, by the way, but every player in every position needs competition and needs someone to push them. So uh, there are probably one or two other positions as well. I'm sure it goes without saying, but you know, I'm not necessarily saying enough is enough. But it's it's quite clear to me what, what and it was quite clear last summer to be honest. Um, what positions need strengthening? Yeah, Sonny Patel's got a question. Could you see possible trouble in the summer if Carlos is not able to mould the squad how he wants because of a lack of funds slash being able to shift unsaleable assets? He looks deflated at the moment with his set of players. Would he walk if he can't get what he wants? Um, if he looked deflated at Rotherham on Friday, he wasn't very well, um, <laughs> along with the result, which we all looked deflated after. But it's an interesting point, Cox. You know, I suppose it probably boils down to the conversations that he's had behind the scenes with Ron Gourlay um, and those in the hierarchy of West Brom, whether the likes of Corbrand have ever spoken to Lai or Ken, I'm not sure. But um, Paul, Carlos will be aware of the situation. He'll be aware that even if he goes up, he's not going to have an awful lot to spend 
if Albion stay down, he's certainly not going to have much to spend, if anything at all. Um, I, I, I can't imagine he'd be, be, have his eyes shut in this situation. I'm sure he's yeah. probably... But then we don't know. Without knowing what's been said to Corbrand, we, we wouldn't really... I suppose you can't really answer that question fully, but uh, it's, a, it's a possibility, isn't it? Yeah, I struggled to see a world where Corbrand was appointed in October, November and didn't have his um, eyes open and sort of demand full disclosure of, of the position of the club and um, and what, you know, Albion were down in the relegation zone, weren't they? Your promotion was unlikely, uh, although they thought Corbyn could could lead them to it, which is fair enough. He, he, he's had a damn good go. Um, but, you know, he would have been wanting to be obviously told and very much in the loop about what situation if you know if we're in the championship next season, basically. And I, I'd I'd like to think that would have been relayed to him honestly and truthfully. All right, things might have changed since then, mightn't they? Um mentioned the five million loan, which you know we were told and we were told and statements promised that to be expected by the new year, weren't they? You know, that perhaps can't from, from what we heard last summer, the manager, whoever it was, had money to spend in January, uh, which obviously didn't materialise. Um so yeah, things might have changed, but I'd like to think that the Spaniard came in with his eyes open to what would happen in the summer with with no promotion. So I'd I'd like to think it, it's not a situation where he, you know, had had enough of um, the uncertainty and decide to to move on. I don't I, I don't see that at all. Look, he had a good new contract extension, didn't he? Really um, secure deal, secure position. Um, I actually think he could get to the summer really and fresh start perhaps just to be able to you know get get a couple out move some on that clearly aren't in his plans um and just just approach it from more of his you know put put a bit more of his stamp on it just in terms of personnel i realize that's going to be hard with having very little to spend but again you've got to be clever haven't you you've got to go for low fees uh free free agents of which there will be plenty out there that Corbran is a, is a fan of and will be able to attract them because he's a he's a passionate you know extremely um what, what's the word uh, attractive head coach to play under and players will want to and West Bromwich Albion are a very 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 attractive championship club for for championship players who want to come and play in front of 25,000 and with prospects of promotion and things like that so I'd like to think he might you know get a bit of a spring in his step come the summer actually um however you know, that's that's a very uh, bright outlook on it with obviously all we've talked on regarding the uh, the finances. Yeah, another question sort of on a different manner from AlbumNuts92. Um, I know you'll both like to be impartial on matters like this, but what's your opinion on fans boycotting on spending money towards the club in an attempt to stop flash sales? Sorry, different uh, paragraph. This in, a, in an attempt to stop flash sales of players and money being siphoned out um, to Lion Co and hopefully force new responsible ownership. Now, this is a point we've seen. Players sort of fans being split on what's been done so far with action for Albion and their latest protest on 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 Monday. Um, people saying sort of boycott the club, don't spend money at the club. But then it's an interesting one. I can see both sides of it. Um, yeah, it'll hit live, but is it going to hit him enough? You know, he's already Albion financially already in a difficult position because of what he's done. Um, would boycott and spending in the club hit the cash flow? of the football club mm. even further, which it would, would that affect people's jobs at the Hawthorns quite possibly? Um, I don't think it's something people, some, some, I don't think it's something a large amount of people would do. 
Um, and I, I don't think it would force new responsible ownership. Um, although I do get it. Uh, I don't know what you I don't know what you think of it, Coxon. I think Action for Albion, uh, I mean, what a great job they've done. You know, credit to them. Uh, the mantra has been, you know, support the team, hasn't it? And, um, yeah, what, what does that yeah, boycott and spending at the game? Does that mean, you know, not, not buying a ticket for the game or not turning up and spending or, or whatever? Um, now, that would that would obviously have a, yeah, if, if thousands and thousands did that, that would obviously have an impact on the side and the support. However, you know, on the contrary to that, yeah, some might say, well, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's at this situation. Um, where yeah, we have to think of the club rather than the, the support of the team this season. Maybe I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that myself. I'm just hypothesising. Um, and yeah, is, is, is the season done and dusted now where we can make our presence and voice felt? I thought like, it wasn't massive numbers at the 12-minute the walk-in the other day, was it? At a couple of hundred outside um, on Halfords Lane before the game and obviously walked in late. You know, dreadful irony in missing the two goals, by the way. Um the two Albion goals, but that was a not hasty. That that was a very quickly arranged protest, wasn't it? On on the back of what just a couple of days over the the Easter weekend. I think I think I've read their plans for Norwich, aren't they? The final home game of the season at the end of this month. I think as as we saw with the, the March um, in March, I can't quite remember who that was against, Johnny. Um, but the, the great numbers for that, and it was organised and planned brilliantly, and was. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It, it, it really was. Um, you know, it, it really was. And I think that proved that with, with the proper sort of planning and organising and time for people to understand it and, and get behind it, that a similarly big protest can take place. In what form and shape, I, I don't really know. Um, there, there, there are some ideas I could chuck out, but I don't know how much I agree with all of them and just things other fans have done over recent years and stuff. Um Look, I, I guess the organisers of these fan groups will have to become creative and and and, and think something up that's obviously safe and organised. But but hammers on my point. I thought the march did that. Can they you know, do a variant or something different? But as effective, well, I hope so. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be another one to to look out for. Um, this is a question we referenced earlier. This is from James WBA one hundred and one. Are all the injuries just bad luck, or is it is it the training is too demanding? Um, I know you sort of swayed with the. The former, really, Lewis, in terms of bad luck. Yeah. Because um, if you look at the start of Corbrand's reign, we had no injuries. It was almost that sort of Phillips, Chesterfield once parked off a, a run of of what's happened. Yeah, I don't, very quickly, I you know, on, on on the busy, demanding periods, training is at a minimum. I know in the recent international break, it was less about running physical stuff. Um, so I I, I struggle to to see that it's all of a sudden come now. I do now. I do know that obviously when when Carlos Corbin came in, there was a bit a bit of a well a pretty drastic change behind the scenes in terms of you know, maybe the health and fitness, you know, in terms of the food, in terms of um, actual fitness that you know players having to be weighed, you know, regularly and looking after what they do outside of work at home, how how on top of their their, their fitness and diets they they're keeping, um, but I, you know I can't I'm not I'm, a medical and health and fitness expert, I don't know how that would have had an, an impact into what four, five, six months down the line, suddenly being a load of muscle injuries. I don't know if there's a correlation there, to be honest. Um, you would imagine that you know, they'd be more prone to, to these injuries if if the uh, if the diet was worse, if the, the health and fitness situation was worse. So I'm not sure. I, I, I think it's possibly a case of things 
balancing themselves up over a season. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, I'm sure people will be split on that one. Uh, ben Cotty, um, another question: Do you think some of the reaction to recent results is a bit over the top, considering we have, in my opinion, four starters out of the current eleven? Uh, yes and no from me. Uh, then what you think, Cox? We've spoke about this, haven't we? With we have, yeah. Perception is the word, isn't it, Johnny? Perception is the word. I think um, Albion put themselves in an unbelievable position from where they were and just not been able to get it over the line, have they? With games where they should have taken more points from squad, where many players should have done so much more, could have done so much more. I think with with what they've got. I mean, we haven't t- we've barely touched on Jed Wallace's interview, have we? And that gives you an indication of what he and I dare say certain other members of the squad think. And and credit to him for for speaking like that. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's lip service. And some might say talk is cheap, but it takes a lot to front up, actually, doesn't it? And um, you don't see all players doing it. And yeah, I, I know it's easy. You know, some will say you yeah, do talking on the pitch and all that, but you know, to to give an honest insight into the disappointment is is not easy and it's rare for a reason because it's all too easy for players to ignore you know doing it uh, or you know give a stock cliche answer so credit there um but perception put themselves in a great position haven't been able to get over the line so the disappointment and frustration is understandable and it's it's going to be felt so yes and no i agree with you johnny yeah we'll have to see on that one we've got two questions left and they are biggies they are big, big questions. Now, Richard Down, I got, I've got two theories for this. This is from Richard Downing, who's a regular listener to the pod. If you was to have a crystal ball, where would you see West Bromwich Albion in 12 months' time? Uh, that is a very, very difficult question. Um, I've got two theories. Now, Albion fans would know me and people who know me. I am, as much as I can have a winch when it comes to West Brom, if they were 4-0 down with 15 minutes to play, I'd still think they could get a draw. I could still think they'd, they'd get something out of it. The, my head at the moment tells me West Brom aren't going to go up and they're not going to get the playoffs. My heart says it's possible, which it is, you know, and it doesn't take a massive swing to get Albion in the playoffs if we're all being pretty serious. But taking into account recent results, it's obviously looked in recent performances, you'd think it'd be unlikely. But I think there's two, in 12 months' time, there's two um, schools of thought about where West Brom will be. I think if that happens, which is unlikely, they'll probably be either right on the cusp of relegation or be relegated back to the championship, which, as bad as it sounds, puts Albion in a better financial position, given the fact that they've gone up, got a load of Premier League money, come down, activated. I don't know what the parachute payment... I know they're trying to sort of wean it out, but I'm sure there will be some sort of parachute money involved in that. Or if it goes the other way, then I think West Brom will still will be in the same position in terms of on the pitch. Off the pitch, I wouldn't know because the situation is so clouded and mm-hmm. difficult to, to know what's go, what is actually going on behind the accounts or behind the, the, the headline um, statements. But on the pitch, I think Carl Scorbrand still get Albion. And I think they'll have a squad. The 11 will look quite considerably different, I believe. However... Um, I think they'll be battling to get in the playoffs. I think we'll be we'll we'll be no no further, but I'd like to think no 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 further behind if that makes yeah. sense. Johnny, well, yeah. you've you, you've took yeah you took the words out of my mouth there really, and and what I touched on maybe five ten minutes ago about Corbyn being able to build something resembling something of his. But I I know finance is limited, but you know rate his ability to to be able to pull that together and work that, and with a whole season where you're not starting at the bottom of the pile or miles behind you'd have to 
you'd have to back his ability to get Albion in contention. Um, I would. And look, there's a caveat of we could it could be a dreadful summer ahead where star players leave. We 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 hope not. And I'd be much more confident of the former there if said star players are a part of the eleven next season. We can't say that with any real confidence yet, can we? We can't. Um, but if they are, and Corbyn can add to it wisely and and prudently and smartly and wheel and deal where necessary, then I'd I'd back him to have Irving in contention. Yeah. Yeah. No, certainly, certainly. So, final question, huge, even bigger than the last one. Question that I've labelled question of the season. Um, Andrew Weller. What's the um, prize? What's the prize for Andrew? Don't know. Maybe a guest, guest appearance on the pod. Guest the appearance. Guest appearance on the pod. I think before the end of the season. Could come on your fan fan chat. Or the fan chat. Or, or we, I think we need something a little bit, a little bit more special for that. Given that I'm giving the question of the season. Um, accolade. Look, Maybe sort into, of. Dip into your pocket, Johnny. Five minutes with Coxie. New section. Five minutes with Coxie. <laughs> No, we don't want to punish him, mate. We don't want to, we don't want to ask him. <laughs> we'll see, but you'll be rewarded, Andrew. I, I, I can sort of guarantee you that. But um, his question is, if you had to choose between the two, would you take a new owner or guaranteed promotion through the playoffs? Um, now, a few fans have responded to this with one unanimous answer. I'm pretty sold on new owners. I don't know about you, Lewis. New owner. 100%. I'm, I'm only giving you two words there, Johnny, I'm afraid. Yeah, new owner, 100%. And we could go and talk about that for, for a long time, saying that promotion could lead to a new owner. But if it was a choice between those two, it would certainly be a new owner. Uh, however, also in there, we don't know who new owner would be, do we? No, <laughs> no, maybe not. Maybe uh, not. Yeah, um, but, yeah. yeah, interesting. Uh, interesting. See, interesting. Uh, some fans asked us to do a poll on that, so we, we might have to do that for next week. But um, great question, Andrew. As we said, question of the season. Right, we've been going on for far, far too long here. Coxie's got loads of more important things to do than talk to me all day. Um, so we're going to wrap this one off. Coxie, Stoke this weekend. They've lost one in seven. They are flying under Andrew Neil after a tough start to the season. Albion have got a really bad record at the bet, 3-6-5. So I'm going 100% Albion win. I love it. Love it. I, I just had a quick look at the table after you, you saying Stoke were flying and five points behind Albion. That so a Stoke yeah. win would take them within two points of the baggies, which is uh, which is no fun, is it? And yeah, I know all about Albion's record in Stoke. Um, I spent three happy years in Stoke at uni, so it's, it brings a few memories back myself actually. But, There's a proper uh, hatred between some Stoke fans to Albion fans. Now, yeah, it's not it's, it's not reciprocated. But I played golf with a Stoke fan, and he hates West Brom. Like hates West Brom. I remember, I remember Johnny as. Not an Albion fan, but when both clubs were in the Premier League for a long time and on match of the day every week, um, Lineker and, and his and his chums would would call it a derby, wouldn't it? Midlands derby. We, yeah. I, I mean, I, it's 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 obviously not a derby, you know. Clearly, um, uh, yeah, maybe it's born out of those Premier League seasons, and you know, we'll Villa around in the top flight at that time. Would have been, yeah, sporadically. Um, so maybe I, I don't know. Obviously, player sales between the two it's uh yeah i can see what you where you're going there johnny you know terrible away form terrible record in stuff so it, yeah. so it might change but um you're really uh you're really clinging there mate <laughs> um i uh yeah I, the away form's got to end at some point as it hasn't it it's got to but i thought it'd end at rotherham to be honest yeah it would be albion that as albion fans albion say that. albion that to yeah, go get a yeah. win on saturday and yeah and put themselves I'm gonna, back I'm in gonna st- Take my comfy position right on the fence, mate, and have a few splinters and go draw. Yeah, and that's me, and that's me being optimistic, by the way. 
Foxy sitting on the fence. Finally, just in terms of personnel, Lewis, okay, Kushler, did we get any updates from, from Corbrand post-Cardiff about him? Do we expect him to return? And, you know, fans would have seen from your story this morning, Wednesday morning, that Alex Palmer is back in contention. Yeah, post QPR, you uh, uh, the QPR day, day by day, really, which um, which is none the wiser, really. We'll get a proper update, obviously, on Friday. Um, I'd like to think he'll be hopeful, actually, to be honest, given that the sort of word was he might have a chance for QPR, even though he, he didn't in the end. Um, obviously, in an ideal world, he'll be back, but maybe it'll be from the bench. We don't know. Malombi being back from the bench the other day was huge, wasn't it? Perhaps he might be ready to start on, on Saturday. That would be a massive boost, I think. Um, at worst, another appearance from the bench, maybe a longer cameo half hour or so. Palmer being back, yeah. I mean, I I don't know about you, Johnny, but I'd bring Alex Palmer back in goal. Um, and that was, you know, not a reaction from Griffiths era the other day. That was, uh, I just think Alex Palmer merits it because mm. of how brilliant he was. And I think he will come back in, to be honest. That's that's what I think will happen. Um, Bartley is uh, undergoing a, a scan on a hamstring, isn't he? For Picked up from his cameo in in Rotherham, so so long out, finally back and then potentially out again. That's yeah. As far as centre half numbers would go, another blow with obviously O'Shea out for the season. Um, Ha had a nightmare, didn't he? Up in his uh, former club at Rotherham and uh, and Bartley, as we talked about, his, his goal threat and aerial presence would be useful, but we don't know what that scan's going to reveal. Um, DK had a bit of illness, but I think he'll be fine for next weekend, all being well. Anything else fresh is there, Johnny? I don't think. I, I don't um, believe so. Just uh, yeah, bring so, the boots. Yeah, you I, might get a game. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, <laughs> bottom line, the gap's still five points. Six games left. If Albion can win, what? You know, go on a magnificent run, banish the away record, and somehow turn it around. It's still there for them, yeah. even though they're down in eleventh. However, I think I wrote a couple of times this week how many fans and how many players believe that's possible and going to happen. Now I'm not sure. No, it's uh, it's one to watch out for indeed. This podcast has been extremely uh, downbeat, um, as everyone expected it to be. But I'm going to finish it on a positive note um, and say a big congratulations to two former Albion heroes. First of all, Jonathan Greening. I've just seen on social media this morning that he's celebrating 100 games in charge of not, uh, non-league Scarborough. Um, he's had a very good start to life as a, as a non-league manager, as has Super Kevin Phillips, who has led South Shields to the Northern Premier League title. They're on their way to the National League North. So well done to those two former baggies. Great. So there we go. A positive note to finish off the podcast. Um, and just to finish off, I was going to say what a difference a week makes, but really it hasn't made too much of a difference. Albion can't buy a win, but neither can most of the other teams around them in the playoff race. So the games tick away, but the picture doesn't really change at all. However, a lot of Albion's playoff chances seem to be getting slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. But every game gets bigger and bigger. Um, and they can get back in that playoff push, no matter how mad you think that statement is. Um, they can get it back on track or they might fall at one of the last fences on Grand National Weekend. How ironic would that be? Uh, thank you again for listening to the Baggies broadcast. Thanks for all your questions. We really appreciate it. And until next time, from me and Coxie, boing, boing. Boing, boing. <laughs>